I want to share some good news about Spotter. We have found out that we are doing pretty well in Netherlands and in India. We hope to do well in other markets as well. But for these two markets in the management segment of podcasts, we are in the top 150. Uh, given that I don't have too many episodes, I'm trying my best to put as many out as possible. Uh, and uh, I want to thank everyone who's listening to it. Uh, every listenership, every listener matters a lot. And thank you for making this meaningful, not just for yourselves, but for me as well. Hi, welcome to Spotter Podcast. My name is Sajal and join me in passing through topics on digital disruption. Spotter is a new way to explain old topics. It is a podcast where my attempt is for you to hear a fresh take on an everyday topic that you haven't heard before. Spotter does this by exploring challenges and opportunities of everything digital in enterprises and in society. I try to pass through many topics on digital disruption in an attempt to paint a fresh perspective on topics that you've heard many times over. So thank you for listening to Spotter and I hope you like this latest episode. Sajil, do you remember the uh, Mario game, Contra game? Mario Contra, yes. I think we were a fortunate bunch of people who were born at the right time. Yes. I still remember buying my first video game player. You have to insert a cassette into the... Console. Console, yeah. And then plug that into TV and then... Play those... Play those games. 16-bit games. 16-bit games. Yeah. It was really... I have very fond memories of uh, that era. My father bought me a console and I used to go to our local market to get cassettes. And then we moved to this CD games and computers. Right. Like I used to play Spider-Man, Max Payne yeah. and all of that via CDs. Yeah, I didn't play too many CD games but yeah, then I think after uh, GTA also personal computers came, yes, yeah. CDs became very popular. Yeah, so I used to buy a lot of CDs for these games and some CDs also had this 16-bit games copied into them. Right. But uh, I played I, a lot of cricket. There was uh, this game called Cricket 2000. This was by Electronic Arts, hmm. EA Sports. Electronic Arts. In Art, the yeah. year 2000, I think I bought, my father bought that game for me. Right. So I used to play it on my computer. Computer. And yeah. one of the popular games, Road Rash. Oh yeah, Road Rash. <laughs> computer game. a big yeah. fan. I was yeah. a big fan. I'm. Everyone was, in, everyone was, I think, at that point in time. And then there was Need for Speed. All this CD Yes, games. Need for Speed. And then... There was a competition. Who has the latest version of Need for Speed? Right, yeah. 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 Those are good days, actually. Yeah. And then I never got into this Xbox or PlayStation, but then they seem to have caught up pretty quickly after the CD games. Uh, yeah. There, I think there was a tipping point given the maturity of technology available to us at that point in time. I think yeah. this is the early 2000s, maybe. Hmm that uh, there was a limit to the performance of games on PCs uh, 
and maybe laptops whatever little right. of laptops was available then yeah and so consoles became very popular like playstation and uh, nintendo was pretty popular back then mm-hmm. i tried playstation once i mean the feedback on the controllers is quite good yeah yeah that's why they became popular because on desktop the desktop experience of cd games had a limit and the consoles i think were the hardware was dedicated to playing games so you couldn't do any other thing but play games on it but then speaking about hardware after the xbox and playstations which are still popular but then people started slowly moving towards mobile games yeah yeah phone. i think iphone uh, iphone really tipped the scale in favor of mobile games mobile games it yeah. made it more affordable distribution was easy and then this latest game pubg where everyone is into mobile yeah games. and you might remember the what is this other game that was popular in 2015 where you had to collect these things pokemon uh, go pokemon go yeah so that became like a rage a temporary yes. rage uh, i mean after the console console era iphones came as you rightly said and that made possible gaming experience to be of a different level yeah in such a small form factor yeah. hardware and software was pretty good so gaming experience became much more affordable and that's why i think a lot of people moved casual gaming needs to smartphones smartphones yeah yeah and at the same time you know the cost of technology also was going down so yeah. the more games were being published and distributed uh, the more spread out the cost of technology were because most games were built on engines right and then those gaming engines went into the cloud yeah that dramatically dropped the cost of building a game apple kept innovating in parallel on the hardware side yeah so yeah. they built some fantastic apis for games like uh, they have something called as metal which dramatic if you use metal in your game then it dramatically improves the quality and the throughput of the game the graphics right yeah and makes it very real Yeah yeah so these two three things kept happening and mobile game became even more ubiquitous and affordable right now if we see the evolution like from 16 bit cassette games to cd games ps and xbox and then to mobile games right and now cloud will be yeah and now after cloud became affordable uh, in the later half of last decade games became even more affordable to yeah. develop yeah and now we have game services uh, xbox pass and you have apple arcade apple arcade so you can also. buy a pass and play as many games as you want at a very small subscription price so now games have become as a service services yeah. Yeah. yeah so now you have gaming services and these games i think they're expanding yeah. beyond gaming Right, right. For example, industry use cases, maybe your wellness and health. I didn't makes, come across any solid example of using this yeah. gaming. Yeah. So there are many companies. Maybe we can look at a few of them. There are two or three big gaming engines now that pretty much dominate the world of gaming. So you have Activision Blizzard, which was acquired by Microsoft. Yeah, recently. You also have Fortnite. Hmm. Uh, and you also have uh, Unity. Mm-hmm. and then there are other gaming engines also so basically gaming engines are just platforms so as a game developer you can choose to be one of the platform experts okay and use the capabilities of that platform to build your own game mm. but because it has become so affordable now transformation has become a crying need in companies mm. 
Gaming companies have seen a shift in their business models. Right. And so now they are going into non-gaming sectors because they realize that there is an opportunity to tap enterprise companies who need more sophisticated digital capabilities. Uh, one example that comes to mind is Vancouver Airport. Right. Uh, they partnered with Unity mm-hmm. and used their game engine which is pretty much world popular half of the games are built on unity so that game engine was used to build a digital twin like a virtual version of the airport and uh, i heard the web- the webinar that the cio and the innovation officer did together with unity and they explained how they built virtual version of uh, the airport uh, they used cameras helicopters to map out the entire airport mm. and then rendered the airport using okay. the unity engine okay If you Google uh, Vancouver Airport Digital Twin, mm-hmm. you will find some amazing screenshots and videos of what they have been able to accomplish. The reason it is getting popular is because you can simulate the operations of any airport in the virtual world mm-hmm. at a very low cost today. The same right. thing was not possible 15 years ago because there was no cloud, so there was no way gaming companies could find a, a for, an affordable path. towards enterprise right and now that path has been created uh, what it has done is that it allows vancouver airport to simulate first of all collect data across the airport so yeah. they have these sensors and uh, internet enabled um, uh, hardware mm-hmm. that is deployed in various parts of the airport mm. which gives them data like passenger traffic check in frequencies mm. uh, footfalls you know gate operations hauling a range of data they are able to assemble across the airport and then show that data on the digital twin okay and so what it allows them to do is that they can come in and depending on a certain season they can simulate the impact of footfalls based on all the other dependent parameters in the airport mm-hmm. uh, so they can keep one parameter constant and simulate how an airport is going to operate in a given day and it really gives them a crystal ball mm. to forecast and foresee how the airport will behave and learn from that to plan for that season ahead of time in the past was only uh, possible through offline collection of data and yeah, meetings yeah. and it was not very accurate and a lot of it was also based on gut feel so the, there is a step function change in how that airport is being operated today yeah and you can do all these simulations you can do trainings of new employees who come into the airport provide a very good overview of the airport right where they can understand which uh, parts of the airport do what and get a full feel of how operations work so the onboarding time is reduced Yeah. So that use case is a very good example of how a gaming company can contribute in an industry use case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, quite interesting to know. And, and they are working with Audi, Volvo, they work in automotive manufacturing, they are working in films, motion pictures. Right. So it's the same capability that can be deployed to so many other use cases. Hmm. So it's it's the the engines commoditization that has opened up so many doors towards other industries so while well, this is one one way that we have seen how gaming industry is moving into b2b 
I mean, I've also come across uh, some use cases. Why don't you talk about that? So what are, have you seen? I mean, I've seen some video games that encourage people to do yoga and collect some points. Or right. uh, some games that help them with stress management. Hmm. You know, some games that with the help of your VR headset. Right. You are actively involved in the game so that there is a physical movement and it keeps you healthy and fit. Yeah, I, I was reading that they are tying up with hospitals. Right. So like post-operation recovery. Yeah. Uh, where you have to undergo certain physiotherapy. So they're using these kinds of, uh, uh, these companies have created certain use cases for them. Yeah. Which helps the patients uh, recover faster. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that I've seen is gaming is also getting into like streaming, for example. Streaming. Yeah, the yeah. people have started watching the games now, not just playing them. Yes, there is a bigger market for or people watching other people play games yeah. than there was before at any given point in time. In fact, Twitch is a very good example. Twitch, exactly. So that's a completely different business model and a different yeah. uh, manifestation of gaming. Exactly. So there and are more viewers than players. Yeah, there are more viewers than players. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, even I sometimes, uh, I'm, when I'm on YouTube... I do follow a few channels. I'm not subscribed to them. Mm -hmm. But I do follow a few channels where, you know, people are doing their own thing, but you enjoy watching them. Right. I mean, part of it also is that in some cases, I don't want to do those things or I don't have the time to do those things, but I like, like others doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Twitch is uh, such a big platform now. A few years ago, I think it was acquired by Amazon. So it's an Amazon company now. I, I couldn't understand why they acquired it, but you're right that that is a very different manifestation of gaming, you know, right. watching other people play games. Yeah, yeah. So also that gives rise to ad, ad uh, revenues because Twitch hmm. uses ads to make money for uh, those people who are playing games, who are running channels. Yeah. So people who watch them also watch ads in the same way you do on YouTube and... Do you see any other applications from the... In oil and gas, I have seen a lot of interest and inclination uh, towards using uh, these twins. Mm. Yeah. These uh, virtual twins of physical assets. I think generally if you see any industry which is fixed cost heavy, capital intensive, which has a lot of offline assets like factories, supply chains... It makes sense to use a digital twin, digitalize it and understand its behavior so that you can simulate and forecast and predict the operations of that physical asset way ahead of time. The refinery, which is a good example, it has largely been very traditional and offline and now there are efforts around the world to digitalize it. So putting on sensors, cameras around the refinery and then trying to build a digital cousin of uh, the refinery right and then you can see that all you know all kinds of data temperature pressure uh, the amount of sediments that it is building up over a period of time as it refines more crude oil yeah so all those things you can see and you can model and then you can <clears throat> that can help operate the entire refinery much better can make it safer uh, you can increase the throughput reduce the maintenance time so that is one area that uh, I am seeing a lot of conversations at least right. around. I am also seeing this, uh, you know, virtual reality being plugged into yeah. gaming to enhance the experience. Yeah. Like 
we have talked about the evolution from 16 bit to cds and then to consoles and then to mobiles now it is all about virtual reality uh, augmented reality hmm so that's where discussions around metaverse also comes yeah. into play like companies uh, or the games like roblox for example right now it's a different game altogether right so the experience is only getting better with all this latest uh, technology advancement yeah yeah i think the way it is branching out it will be difficult to draw a line that separates gaming from other industry i mean metaverse is just game the gaming engine can give you that world and then you underpin it with blockchain right and then you trade assets the way you trade assets in real life so metaverse could one could also see uh, the gaming engine companies talking about metaverse they would be the first movers right. if they were interested in it as a business segment yeah. also these uh, twins are uh, very popular uh, in customer experiences so a lot of retailers are uh, trying to build shopping experiences ikea i think has it doesn't have a digital twin but it allows you in its stores to imagine how your room looks like yeah if you can like select certain kinds of products that you have in mind but i wouldn't call it digital twin mm, mm, because mm. it's not built using the unities of the world but one can see how it can completely reimagine the shopping experience yeah you know ikea you have to take an entire day to go there right if you have ever gone to an ikea yeah, yeah. so essentially the shopping experience could perhaps completely change that in the way that uh, you know the user if there was a digital twin of ikea then you could use that to go and look at the entire store without walking mm-hmm. look at all the products select all the products but more importantly you could have your you could load up your own little apartment into that software and, and then, then pick products from ikea and see how they would look in real time i mean apple for example they have released an api or a kit software kit called ar kit which is augmented reality it's not yeah, a yeah. digital twin but uh, if developers use the ar kit yeah then they can enable many experiences offline experiences they can build into the apps and you can imagine those kinds of things to be happening i think ikea is trying to build something around it but yeah i mean gaming is pretty much getting sprinkled across all kinds of businesses yeah. right so it's expanding beyond uh, gaming itself yeah i mean it has its use case there are healthcare use cases also there are uh, insurance use cases where uh, uh, design use cases so like if you are building a car mm. uh, you would invest in building wind tunnels right to assess the uh, physics of the car yeah and you don't need to do all that anymore you can simply design a car in a software and uh, funnel that into the gaming engine and then you know give it uh, give it some wind in in that digital twin yeah. and observe what the, how the car behaves right so you your fixed cost investments and operational ex- investments and expenses practically disappear yeah now that depends on the sophistication of the gaming engine that is building the digital twin and it also depends on some ai models that you may use to understand the behavior of the car yeah but one can make a very good guess that 
in the future it will only get more sophisticated maybe it is at a nascent stage right now yeah yeah but the more this is used the more gaming companies will learn about different industries the more pre-built use cases they will make uh, and the more data will be generated so this will only get better yeah yeah so gaming then going into this different areas like <clears throat> b2b like for digital twins and uh, wellness and health use cases and then twitch hmm. platforms like twitch right and then gaming also getting closely tied up with ar and vr yeah ie metaverse right and when we say metaverse it's only open to more discussion and debate debate right how it would shape up so yeah. i think it's going to be interesting days for gaming yeah yeah gaming is uh, and after po- after pandemic i think gaming really took off during the pandemic because no one had anything to do yeah and transformation budgets in companies also took off because everyone realized that they had to go digital yeah because people were not meeting brands physically right and those two effects i think have come together to create a very nice rosy business case for game engines to go into the enterprise world now yeah and i think this is only the start this is only the tip of the iceberg Mm. Mm. We should see some something more interesting coming out as times go by. Yeah. Uh, one bet I think you can make in the retail world is Apple. Yeah. Apple through its iOS and iPad OS and all the operating systems it has they are very serious about getting graphics to a next stage level. Yeah. The game engines also are pretty serious about using uh, leveraging whatever hardware they run on yeah so that experience they will also lift up yeah so you have the retail base covered you have the games covered and now the enterprises are also getting covered yeah also there is something else demographics there are gen z folks who are entering the workforce so yeah. like they were born with laptops and tablets in their laps yeah and now they are entering the workforce but the workforce on the other hand is the workforce still has your traditional laptops smartphones and so on so i think the gen z will also create that push for companies to modernize their workplace environments yeah and so uh, you may see things like you know business intelligence reporting and all these older platforms data warehouses hmm. all these things may either need to modernize towards a friendlier experience that they give to gen z managers because today it's just a bunch of uh, excel sheets and intelligence reports that you get in these tools yeah. or maybe gaming companies could start acquiring other companies to make analytics better in enterprises i mean it's much better to look at a live airport and look at data on the airport see how the operations is happening as opposed to looking at a business intelligence portal selecting rows and columns yeah. downloading that data looking at pie charts and then trying to forecast what will happen right and i think that interface is the old interface which probably you and i are more familiar with but that yeah. might not resonate with gen z and the following generations that so that will also create a push for uh, gaming companies so there are 
पॉजिटिव दैट्स पॉजिटिव न्यूज फॉर फॉर द गेमिंग इंडस्ट्री थैंक यू फॉर लिसनिंग टू स्पॉट अप पॉडकास्ट आई होप यू लाइक दिस टॉपिक next week we will be back with another one and i hope that you like that one as well if you do like the podcast please feel free to subscribe to it and share it either the entire podcast or a specific episode that you enjoyed the idea is that the more you do these two things the more people hear these ideas and it helps me make a small contribution to the conscience of the world thank you for your listenership <laughs>